This podcast is recorded on the ancestral lands of the Tongva people. Hello and welcome to the Create Wild podcast where we explore the intersections of creativity, wellness, and entrepreneurship. I'm Erica Elan, new puppy mom to puppy bear, (laughs) which is crazy, Um, a painter and the plan is a soon-to-be winter paddle boarder. Really, soon. I love it. So you can find my work at, at Erica Elon on IG, and I'm Ray Saragosa, dog mom, um, holiday lover, and now like sad the holidays are over. Er, and um, singer, songwriter, composer, roller skater, owner of new skates. Yes, and Fancy um, new skates. Oh yeah. And you can find my work on IG at at Ray Saragosa. Today, we are talking about envisioning for the future. Mm-hmm. And we have special guest, Sinikiwe Delaweo. They said if I want to make it, gotta starve and stress and sell. But if I'm gonna be an artist, well, I want to create well. Yeah, you gotta create well. Ray, how was your holiday? My holidays were amazing. They seemed like it. <laughs> they Watching were really on great. social media. They were really great. <laughs> I I had a great time and mm. oh, it was so wonderful. I got some new skates. Yes. Can you describe about. them? Yeah, so the new skates are um vans but they're like simpsons vans (laughs) like lisa simpson um because many many of people many of folks have said that i am lisa simpson and really yeah have we not talked about this yeah i've been compared to lisa simpson a few times which is like kind of hilarious because i kind of was a lisa simpson when i was a kid like kind of a know-it-all like straight a student but also like lisa like is a musician you know, Cute. and then she also like, you know, she's always like the leader of the of like the the protesting and she's always standing up for what she believes in, you know, but then also being very type A. <laughs> oh. um, I love so, it. I didn't yeah. know this aspect of you. I didn't know where the Simpsons references came from. So, oh, I love yeah, it. yeah. I, well, I grew up like a total like Simpsons person and I... Yes, so I love my new skates. Lisa Simpson is kind of my cartoon um, persona. And um, the the gift was given to me by someone that I have been dating for a little while, which has been really wild to start dating someone in quarantine. And like this whole process of dating this person in quarantine has been done like so safely and like so Mm -hmm. mindfully. And he's like someone that I knew in my past and then like kind of came back into my life. And so maybe one podcast in the future we'll do about like dating and like quarantine dating and whatever. Amazing. Fully talk about this like (laughs) prince who got me these amazing skates. But um, that's also like 
something that's been going on that made my holidays like mm-hmm. really really wonderful and so I'll leave it at that for now but I feel happy <laughs> good yeah well I love like he paid attention to like the things that you shared on Instagram like weeks and maybe months ago I know I kind of shared those skates right like like well he had to get them custom made because they didn't exist but someone got them custom made and posted them on their Instagram and I shared it like I want this like a week after we had just started like reconnecting and so it's just really sweet like I just am like really cheesing and like just really sweet I feel like a little kid (laughs) I love it and um yeah so just a lot of happiness and I know so many people had a really rough go over the holidays and many folks spent the holidays alone and um you know I put on my Instagram like if you're alone like just let me know I want to like send you a video of me and Bronx singing to you so I sent a couple of those videos around uh, to folks and I just know the holidays are such a tough time it's just like it can be really happy for some and it can be really sad yep. for some. And so I'm grateful. I had a really lovely, lovely holidays, but um, my love to everyone who's kind of coming out of that like holiday, um, you know, sad, sadness. And, but how about you, Erica? How was your, how was your holidays and how's puppy bear and is puppy oh bear the official name now? Yeah. I mean, I'm calling her bear more and more, okay. but like puppy bear is what just came naturally for her yeah. name. Oh my God. So yeah, I adopted a dog and um she it made the holidays, I think, way better. Yeah. In the sense of we've talked yeah. about before, I'm not like a huge holiday person, but right. I was just distracted because now like you might hear her squeaking in the background. She's like crated. She's supposed to be sleeping right now. But um Aww. Like, basically, my whole day is defined by being a puppy mom and trying to figure that out. Um, it's a which full-time is so job. It is a freaking full-time, like, yeah. full-time all night, every night. Yeah. So if you have puppy training advice, please send it my way. I'm open to all of it. Wow. Right now, the last 24 hours, she's been kind of, like, bitey. So she's mm-hmm. a um, golden shepherd mix. She's mm. going to be big. Mm. which I'm excited about for like running. She's going to yeah. come work out with us, right? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited because Lord knows Bronx is Bronx not on that. Bronx is not going to make it. Bronx is passed out in the sun right now. It's just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Different vibes, but that's, that's vibes. perfect. That's why we love them. Um, yeah. So it's just been like a new adventure, sometimes kind of stressful and scary. And sometimes mm-hmm. um, it's the best. And she made my holiday because I was here alone um, uh, a lot sweeter and a lot more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And yeah, it's it's really wonderful. What I found like with having a dog is like you really are. You, you have a family. This is your family. Yeah. It's like you, you're creating your family like even if it's like just me and Bronx or just you and Bear, right. like it's a family now and it's beautiful. Yeah, my studio feels so different. It feels yeah. so much more alive. Whereas sometimes I think I would come and sit and feel kind of like, what do I do? It's so quiet. But now yeah. <laughs> there's always noise. There's always <laughs> there's someone always who's excited that you're there. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it's so really great. That's so beautiful. But um, did you do any winter paddleboarding yet? No, not yet. But I did get a wetsuit for Christmas, so now Yay. it's like this has to happen. Oh yeah! Oh Hopefully my gosh! This so week. official. I need to go. <laughs> so official. So envisioning for the future, Erica. Yes. We are envisioning no. for the future. We're only a we few are. days away. And oh yeah, so anyone who doesn't know, I mean, there's no way you would know, but Erica and I, this is our first time doing a remote record of the podcast. Mm. Um, since we are kind of like, because of the holidays kind of 
separated in, in our quarantines mm-hmm. at the time to- at this time um so just to let everyone know out there um we're, we are practicing as much caution as possible around these times when i think we're really real. spiking covid yeah. wise but um but yeah envisioning for the future erica what yeah. are your thoughts no it, it, it was so good listening to your conversation and it was timely because i think even getting the puppy this week mm-hmm. has been a reminder to myself that i am not a planner and I, mm. obviously because this puppy happened so fast too And I, I can get really overwhelmed by the future. So the first night she was home, Mm. I like, and I read about it later and this happens to a lot of people, they get puppy blues where they get really like sad and overwhelmed. And I totally had that. I think you had that too. I did. I I had it like the couple days after I adopted Bronx. Yeah. I mean, he's not a puppy. He's like an old dog, but (laughs) I mean, I think it's some kind of like dog version of like the postpartum. It is. Yeah. And it's very common, mm-hmm. but I kind of freaked out before I read a bunch on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I think, the same thing. I talked yes. to you about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I think it connects so much with what um, we're talking about in the, the importance in being intentional in some ways about um, looking forward and and bringing our whole, whole selves forward towards healing um which mm. is what uh your interviewee does so well mm. um because sometimes it really freaks me out and i i don't make a lot of goals i don't make a lot mm. of plans but i think um you know she's already even teaching me kind of this responsibility of commitment that i'm not mm. always the best at wow um so yeah but you yeah. on the other hand are oh my gosh, I'm a visioner planner visionary <laughs> yes yes but i yeah no with the dog like for sure i think what's also scary about when you like bring an animal into your life it's mm-hmm. a huge commitment yeah you know it's a huge commitment and that, that can be a little scary but it's also like this acknowledgement of also like the temporary aspect mm. of things and like when I adopted Bronx I got this like deep sadness because I was like oh my gosh like I love this like being so much who isn't going to be here forever yeah and so it's like this fear of the future of the commitment and and the planning and also the fear of like the no matter how much I plan I don't know what's going to happen yeah and like I think that's a whole part of that kind of puppy blues thing and that I felt <laughs> even with adopting a 10 year old dog right um but okay, so yeah, so I am a pretty intense, crazy lady when it comes to visioning and planning. I love it. To me, it's f- so fun. Mm. And, um, but also, it can get me really stressed and I can over plan and over envision <laughs> and like envision myself into a dark hole, you know? Um, <laughs> we're, we're literally the opposite. <laughs> I know, I know. We are so the opposite. And it's so funny because. At the beginning of the summer, I like forced you, yes. Erica, to do like summer goals. What my are we doing? My first vision board I've ever made. And it did go really well for you. I remember there was a lot of stuff on there that like totally just happened for you. So it's true. Boom, boom. Um, but yeah, so I'm a really big vision boarder. Um, I encourage everyone listening to make a vision board this week um, to really mm. manifest what you want in 2021 and beyond. Um, vision boards, you know, if you don't know what they are, it's like you take out cutouts from magazines and print shit out and whatever. And then you make a board, a vision, something that you can envision, like something you can see every day of what you want, you know? And 
not all of that has to be like materials you don't have to like this is like my vision right. board of like my new car and my new apartment <laughs> and like blah, blah. like it doesn't it's not it's not really all about like material like a lot of it i put up is like keywords of like peace and like fulfillment and 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 adventure and mm-hmm. pictures of like open landscapes of sunflowers you know it's just like things that feelings i want to feel in 2021 yeah. um and acceptance and all of these things the equality and um to me it's fun it's a really fun activity to do in between christmas and new year's um i also love setting goals i love checking things off boxes saying i did this i did this i did this and like i said sometimes i'll go overboard and then get really stressed out until like I have to attain Mm. all of these things so I think that a really good thing to acknowledge also is that we can envision for the future and make plans and know that plans can always change yep um and also like you know I talked to my therapist about like all my plans I'm like but I need to have this big life and I need this 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 and but I'm afraid that this is gonna happen you know it's like two Mm -hmm. sides of the spectrum and Mm. she told me she was like well probably Ray, what will happen is that you'll get something like in the middle of all of that. And I was mm. like, there is a such thing as the middle <laughs> and mm-hmm. a balance. And so anyway, I just think that it's it's fun to plan. It's fun to envision and know that things can always change. Um, and then, you know, I think uh, Siniki Way did such a great job of talking about kind of envisioning for the future in a, a broader sense and like society and how we want to see more equality and, and more representation mm. and and, and how we can see, um, you know, when she's in the wellness industry and us in our creative industries, how we have such big dreams for, um, you know, diverse representation and narrative change mm. and and ha- and pers- continuing this renaissance of, um, you know, diverse voices being lifted up. And I think that yeah. that's, re- that's a really exciting thing that I'm envisioning for the future as uh, Siniki Way chatted about. And so... Yeah. Yes. Yay. Let's put in. Let's do it. Yay. Hi, we are here with Sinikiwe de Lueo of Naya, and I'm so excited to have her. We met at the Faraday retreat two years ago, jumping into the cold icy east coast waters for a polar bear plunge and so how are you i'm all right thank you um yeah it feels weird that so much time has passed mm-hmm. um and yeah it like just being able to be in community with people like that yeah. it's been so long um I and i definitely miss it i miss it too and it's such a great point about community i mean when we were at that retreat that Faraday put together with their their Sun Sessions series. Um, it was really overwhelming because I had, it was like one of those experiences where I was in like this like weekend with so many people I wanted to learn from that it was like overwhelming. Like I remember like just like going up to everyone. I went up to you and I was like, hi, like I took your yoga class and I just like want to know more about you. And I like want to be your friend. And I wanted like everyone's number. (laughs) I just like wanted, it was like, I was high off of community and I miss those spaces so much. Um, And I'm so excited to have you here today because I really feel like you do such a great job of building those spaces, even right now during a time when we can't meet in person. And so I was hoping that we could start with you telling us a bit about Naya and about 
the retreat and um, your retreat and maybe some of the other virtual community gatherings that you've um, put together in the past couple months, like almost a year now. <laughs> I know. Again, what is what is time? What is time? What I is don't time? know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Naya is a company that I started in 2018. And I started it because, um, so I am a trained yoga instructor mm-hmm. and also a meditation instructor. And my kind of entry point into practicing yoga was through an injury. Wow. Part of my resistance to practicing yoga was that I played three sports growing up. I was Mm -hmm. a cheerleader, I played lacrosse, and I played soccer. Mm -hmm. And wow, (laughs) I never really understood. I'm like, you just, you're on a mat Mm -hmm. doing movement, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I just couldn't comprehend. Like, it just personally at that time, prior to practicing, I just felt like there wasn't enough physicality to kind of hold Mm. my attention. Mm. Um, And then obviously I got injured and part of my, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but I got injured. And then part of my physical rehabilitation, um, I started practicing yoga. And at the time Mm. I, you know, I was working my first real job out of college and Mm. it was a climate that was very, very, very toxic. Um, Mm. And, you know, being able to practice yoga was kind of a reprieve from having to go into this job every day that made me feel really terrible. And I've always kind of it found a way in some capacity to work with young people. So the more that I was doing this, the practice of yoga, I was like, oh, how do I find a way to really give back to young people? Mm. And so I started working with this nonprofit called Bent on Learning um, mm. that puts yoga teachers in New York City public schools. Um, wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, again, through that experience, I also saw that all of the students that were taking my classes in the school that I was in in Brooklyn, you know, mm. were all black and brown young people. Mm. Um, And yet the majority of the teachers within this organization um, were white. Um, Mm. And so, you know, having that experience and then also um, my background is working as a creative in the magazine publishing industry. And so working within that industry and also seeing how, you know, there's a lack of representation of people of color right in those senses um and yet like you Mm know a lot of um in terms of just from a cultural standpoint like a lot Mm -hmm. of black culture drives media right Mm -hmm. so there's like this interesting disconnect of okay like you're utilizing black culture to sell your magazines Mm -hmm. but most of the people working in those spaces are white right? Mm. So that Mm. also was a disconnect. So it was kind of, yeah, culmination of like all of these experiences and being in largely white spaces and just really starting to think about how can I do something differently? Um, And while being kind of being that pillar of disruption, right? And so- Oh, pillar of disruption. I love that. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, and initially, like, I, my heart was kind of set on, like, oh, I want to have a yoga studio, but then mm-hmm. I feel like I've I've done many, many jobs in my life mm-hmm. in New York City. Yeah, but, it sounds like it. It's um, so cool. So many jobs, but I managed a yoga studio, and mm-hmm. I saw just how, you know, slim the margins were, like, one wow. rent was super expensive. Yeah. You know, paying teachers and I I don't even know that the teachers where I was a manager were necessarily paid adequately, right? Wow. So mm-hmm. they teachers weren't even getting paid properly and then it was like wow. your the expectation is to make a profit, right? So you mm-hmm. can live. And I was like, I don't know that this makes sense for me. Like mm-hmm. and also just the way in which I you know, I really wanted to marry um, my creative background with mm. Nina. Um, yeah. so it just didn't feel like that made sense. And so mm. at the start of 2020, I was slated to run a yoga teacher training um, that was really how I wish I had learned um or been certified in the sense Mm -hmm. that all of the teachers were either black or other women of color. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was really important to me to be learning from people where these practices originated from. Mm -hmm. Um, But then obviously COVID hit Mm -hmm. and I felt as though it was a little unfair to be offering this training. So even though the training Mm -hmm. that I intended to offer was only $1,200 versus the Mm. standard for yoga teacher trainings is $3,500. I felt a little, it just felt wrong to be making Mm -hmm. people pay when folks were losing jobs, people were unable to work um, and having people pay to learn something that Mm. they might not necessarily be able to apply right away. Right. Uh If you take a workshop or something, you know, maybe that is a skill that you can apply right away to Mm. a job that you're currently doing, right? But like Mm. doing a yoga teacher training doesn't mean that you're going to be an awesome teacher right away. Mm. Like it probably took me a solid like two years before I could like get up in front of a class and be like right foot versus left foot and not Mm. like messing it up, right? So it it just takes time to like hone any skill like that. And so I- I just didn't feel comfortable um, doing that. And so mm-hmm. one thing that has also been integral um, as I've built Naya is just really leaning into kind of social justice and how mm-hmm. in order for me to be well as a Black woman, uh, mm-hmm. when I'm constantly seeing people like myself being murdered on mm-hmm. in the mainstream, right, mm-hmm. um, I can't just – I can't shy away from that, right? Like yeah. I can't pretend that that is not happening. And Absolutely. obviously that impacts my mental ability to be well, right? Mm. And so how I am well is going to look a lot different than someone who holds different privileges than I do, whether sure. that's racial identity, gender identity, um, financial privilege, right? Like those things all play into how we as people define our well-being. Um, So it's really important for me to kind of um, integrate like all of those things into the identity of what Naya is. And that's really what I 
admire so much about Naya and the way that you have you have all these branches of your business and of what you do and of your and so you you tackle wellness at so many angles you know I know you work with corporations on wellness programming and your yoga instructor and a meditation instructor and I know you do consulting and creative direction and I think it's just very powerful in the way that you know as a woman of color incorporating activism in all parts of these things as well is just so incredibly powerful um and so um my question for you is did you when you started Naya did you know that you wanted to go in all of these different directions or was there like a specific did it like start was there a specific like starting with the yoga instruction or did it all kind of just keep moving in every different direction that it is now it's like it's like a tree of wellness <laughs> um I mean I think it just really has been cumulative right so yeah. the example that I gave of the yoga teacher training um at the onset of COVID happening it was mm -hmm. like okay I can't in good consciousness I can't sell this to people like it just mm -hmm. doesn't feel right to try and sell this to people right now right uh -huh. so then I had to be like okay well I I also ended up um leaving my job in publishing at, in February um mm -hmm. just because the toll of the racism and all of that that I had to deal with was very mm -hmm. taxing mm -hmm. um so yeah. you know that happened then quarantine started and it was just like whoa 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 there's like so much mm -hmm. happening right now and I also just felt like I needed to just take a, a a minute and really um sit with everything that I had gone through in the past 10 years yeah. um, working in the industry that I worked in right so that those two things and then also what I was speaking to before about just my own identity and how mm -hmm. I can't ignore what is happening around me. Like that is yeah. impacting how I am well. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think things just like have naturally like built on one another. And I also yeah. think that um, I've really learned to take my time with things like I am someone yeah. that has lots and lots and lots of ideas um mm -hmm. and realizing that just because I I have an idea one doesn't mean that I, I need to act on that idea mm -hmm. and two like I can take time to really think things through um before yeah. I act on them um mm -hmm. and then in terms of like you know, the workshops and conversations and things that I've hosted mm. um, around social justice as it pertains to well-being, I think those naturally came about um, because of kind of what we touched on before was like this desire to continue to be in community. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of what happens with social justice, anti-racism work, um, mm -hmm. is that people really do it in a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. Like they'll read a book, maybe they'll mm -hmm. watch a movie, um, mm -hmm. and they're kind of doing the work to maybe improve their own standing, right? Yeah. And to say, okay, well, I, I'm working on my bias. Like I don't yeah. want to be racist, right? right? Whereas it's like, yeah, that's really amazing and great. But like, what, what does that do if you're not mm -hmm. also in a relationship? Maybe like, maybe you're partnered with someone who 
doesn't necessarily see that as something they need to be working on, right? Right. Then that creates like a disconnect. Um, yeah. But I do think that it is important to be having these conversations um, in community. And also yeah. like, I think that is how we make change, right? Like I think about right. all of the companies that – you know, posted their black squares, et cetera, mm. and put black bodies on their social media feeds. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, if you look at how the companies are actually, actually working, in practice, exactly, yeah. it's like, what it's, what are you doing, right? Yeah, there's what there's so doing? much like performative, um, you know, anti-racism when people are like, oh, I, I touched these bases, I did the post, I did this one thing, and then, you know, I'm it's like filling quotas, you know, it's like, okay, well, I did the thing. So now I'm good. Like, aren't I, I'm okay now. Right. Cause I did it. And that is not where the fight is. The fight is like you said, it's like building the community around it and putting it into practice. It's a daily practice. You know, it's a constant, you know, for me too, like I'm constantly trying to learn more and, you know, how can I build spaces? How can I conduct my career? Um, and make sure that the people I'm bringing in and I'm you know, putting, actually putting into practice what I preach, you know? And I think that it's something that it's, it's so incredibly important. And, um, I wanted to ask you about the event that I participated in. I performed with, but can you tell us a bit about the retreat and like what, uh, what the event was and what happened? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Gen Z. I think a lot of what we are here on the pod. We love Gen Z. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> love Gen Z. Love Gen Z. Um, and I think part of the reason why I love Gen Z so much is that you know I think it's just very different. Um, one, like the access they have to information because of mm -hmm. social media is just very different than I had when I was growing up, right? Sure. And so because of that, like they are learning about things a lot sooner than mm -hmm. maybe like millennials or even older people, right? Especially mm -hmm. as it pertains to race um, and racism. Yeah. But at the same time, like just because you have access to all of this information doesn't mean that you necessarily have the understanding of it, right? Or the ability to put it into practice, right? Like if you're in yeah. an area where it's predominantly white and maybe you don't have like close proximity to black folks, right? Or people mm -hmm. of color, um, it's hard to have these conversations, right? Sure. So the retreat came about, um, my dear friend, Allie Maz, um, who started her company, I think like 10 years ago, called Girl Vana. Um, cool. So what they do, or I should say what she does, because um, she's, I just, I love her so much, but mm -hmm. they um, do in-person retreats once a year cool. for young people, uh, young female identified mm -hmm. and non-binary people. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to, I'm trying to, again, like what is time, but in 2019 mm -hmm. over the summer, I was able to attend one of those in-person retreats. Um, mm -hmm. And it was so life-changing just being around the young people, um, practicing yoga, practicing meditation, and then 
being just in community with these young people. Mm. And so with the limitations of COVID, um, you know, it, it was a type of thing where obviously it would be very irresponsible to try and host an in-person retreat mm-hmm. right now. And so I, again, I have a lot of ideas and I like to think really big. Mm-hmm. And so I went I to Ali and I was like, hey, like, what if we did like this thing online and, you know, mm-hmm. took it um, to another level in the sense of not just offering yoga and meditation and community, but also offering up like a space to have these challenging conversations and for oh, these young so people, cool. um, <laughs> for these young people to, yeah, be able to yeah. just, like learn new things and also talk about things that are maybe challenging. Um, yeah. I yeah. I love how you know with the ret- the tr- retreat and the angle of kind of like he- like a lot of times we go to these spaces that's like oh we're here to talk and then another place oh we're here to get into our bodies and it feels like very separate but what I love so much about your work and about the retreat was it was about both it was like let's get into our thoughts and our emotions and let's have some conversations and let's get into our bodies and like let's let's heal from like so many, like it's a very holistic way of healing because everything is connected, you know? And, um, I, I think that's so powerful. And I think I share with you this, this real passion for young people, especially, um, Gen Z because they're amazing, but this, like, I just, I want so much for the young people to not have to deal with the racism that I dealt with, um, coming up in like the creative industries coming up in like, I mean, for you coming up in wellness industries and, and, and other industries that you've worked in. And so it's just so exciting to be able to talk to young people in the way that you are, that is so healing and also just a way for them to build community. And I'm sure so many of them like made a bunch of friends, even in the virtual retreat. And so I'm just such a fan. I think that's so powerful and I really think that moving forward, um, you know, today's theme is envisioning for the future. I really think that if we can build more of these spaces of healing in like holistic ways, whether it's like healing through yoga and meditation and conversation um, and, you know, especially with young people and led by by POC folks, I think that's like my like one of my greatest dreams for 2021. So I wanted to ask you, um, what are your for all of your efforts and all of your work, what are some of your like 2021 envisioning dreams for the future? Yeah. I mean, I think on a collective level, um, and obviously I don't think this will necessarily happen in 2021, um, Mm -hmm. but I would really like to relinquish um, this idea that is often placed on black folks, but Mm. mainly black women and black femmes, um, that Mm. we're here to save everyone. Mm. Um, and it's really coming to the forefront right now, um, with everything happening with the vaccine for COVID-19, like, you know, it's being the, one of the people who did a lot of research on the vaccine um, is a black woman, which I think Mm. is amazing and great. Mm -hmm. And also for the past 10 months, COVID-19 has been decimating black communities and communities Mm. of color. And it took, you know, 
I don't even know how long it took for them to even take, um, you know, start keeping track of the numbers of black and brown people. Because for so long, they didn't Mm -hmm. even want to keep track of those numbers, right? Which Mm -hmm. I feel like is very, very telling. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also with the election, it was Mm -hmm. like all, I don't know what the numbers were, but they were staggering and it's still very alarming all of yeah. you know the people who voted for trump and sided with white supremacy right mm-hmm. and and yet the the whole thing after biden and kamala hart kamala harris won was like oh look at stacey abrams and like look at all of these black women that like mm-hmm. saved us and like saved mm-hmm. democracy and mm-hmm. it's like y'all y'all we're not trying to save you like we're trying <laughs> to save ourselves because mm-hmm. at the end of the day all of the things, right, that we have discussed, um, police yeah. brutality, racism, medical mm-hmm. racism, like mm-hmm. those things impact black women and black femmes and their families, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're not liberating ourselves, mm-hmm. then how are, how are we making any steps forward, right? Because as wow. we've seen, we at least in my experience, like I cannot rely on someone who racially identifies as white to save mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. if I, I if I wait around for that, it's never going mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. So yes, of course it's a byproduct, right? Like mm-hmm. if we're doing what we can, like using the election, for example, if mm-hmm. we're doing what we can to ensure that the and I use the term better in quotations, mm-hmm. right? Like I think there's a Instagram account that says like settle for Biden. Right. I would definitely um, echo that sentiment. Right. So if we're settling for Biden um, and doing everything we can to settle for Biden, like that is going to have a trickle down effect. Right. Because obviously everyone is impacted if um, I don't even like saying his name, but 45 is no longer president. Right. But I wouldn't say that that is a byproduct of, us wanting to save everyone, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. we're actually doing this because we need it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I want to really get away from that idea Mm -hmm. collectively. Um, Yeah, and then I also want to just bring into this this idea of um, relinquishing how productivity is related to um, white supremacy. And so... When I was working in corporate, um, mm-hmm. I talk about this a lot because I think it's very important, but mm-hmm. people often like to relate like working hard to being successful, right? And mm-hmm. so as an immigrant, I came to the US when I was seven. Mm-hmm. I have always had it ingrained in me, like get, you know, be educated, work mm-hmm. really hard, like no one can take your education from you. Mm-hmm. And my learnings in the last 10 years are that, you know, if I am working for an entity um, that is operated, um, you know, by folks who are in the racial majority, right? Mm-hmm. And they're, they have the capability to decide how, per, like, and correlate my productivity to my mm-hmm. work. If there is something that they determine is not worthy about me, whether that be my sexual identity, my racial identity, um, then there's no amount of hard work that I can do that is going to supersede that, 
right? Wow. Oh my gosh. That is so, whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. That is, (laughs) that is so big. And I feel that so much. It's like, we're on this rat race to, um, climb these, uh, structures that were never built for people like us. And then we feel it's like, I feel that I feel that. And it's like this inherent inherent, like I'm just trying to prove myself in a world that like, you know, didn't want me here to begin with. And so it's this feeling like, yeah, like productivity should not equal my self-worth and that we can like decolonize um, success and decolonize productivity. And what is, what does it look like to work hard? And what does that mean? And how how does that like correlate with our own self-worth? Because we shouldn't put those things in the hands of, um, of folks outside of ourselves or outside of our, our own compass. Exactly. And I also, you know, I think everyone is inherently valuable, right? Yeah. Regardless of how much output you're putting in. I love that. Everyone is valuable. Um, So everyone is valuable. Everyone is valuable. So yeah, yeah, measuring your worth um, based on your productivity is just not it. Um, Oh my gosh. You're you're like, you're, I think I needed to hear that today. (laughs) Um, that's so powerful. I think that's a really great thing for envisioning for the future for me as well, just to, to throw that in there. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to pick that up and steal it from you too. <laughs> I mean, it's not stealing. It's like, yeah. you know, it's a knowledge share, right? We are better when we are informed. Um, yeah. and then the other thing that I would say just like on a personal level, um, that I'm envisioning, um, is just more, um, financial security. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that as someone, like I turned 33 a couple weeks ago and thank you. Um, and I think that has been the hardest thing for me to reconcile, um, Mm -hmm. is just not being financially as secure as I would like to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And looking towards, um, having a family and like all of these Mm. things that I would like to do in the nearer future. Mm. Um, It's like, how do I put into place um, things that like will actually enable me to do that. Right. And finances is something that definitely plays a major part of that. Um, Mm. So that is something that I am really envisioning for myself is just like financial ease um, and I think it's just important to yeah. talk about it, especially, I agree. you know, given I am someone that I think it's very important for everyone to acknowledge where their intersections of privilege lie, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I am privileged in that I went to college. I have two degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, I speak a second language. Mm-hmm. I am well-traveled and have lived on several um, continents, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that comes into play um, in regards to my own access and how Mm -hmm. I'm able to get into certain spaces. Um, And I think it's important to talk about. I really appreciate you saying um, saying that one of your goals for 2021 is to bring in more financial stability because on the pod we talk a lot about, um, you know, de- like not being ashamed about talking about money because a lot of times we have this as, as creatives or as um, as women, as people of color, as um, 
you know, entrepreneurs, it's like, there's this, uh, you know, with creatives, it's like, we feel like so much shame, like, oh, I can't say that I want to make money. I can't say that I want to financially thrive. Like for some reason that's taboo, but I think that getting over that is really powerful and to talk about it and to like kind of untangle this stigma with, um, creating financial stability is really powerful. So I really am really grateful that you said that. And our very last question before um, we bring this amazing interview to an end that we ask all of our uh, interviewees here on the Create Well podcast is in one sentence, what does it mean to you to create well? Um, For me to create well, it means that I am radically embodying love. Ooh, I love it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a thought-provoking and important and healing conversation for me. And I'm so excited to see all that we do together in 2021. And um, I hope that you have an amazing new year. And I hope I see you in person very soon. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for this conversation. Thank you. Me too. And now for the Create Well Challenge of the Week. This week's Create Well Challenge of the Week is to create a 2021 vision board. Get a bunch of newspapers or magazines or printouts or just some Sharpies or some pens and create a board of things you want to manifest in 2021. That doesn't have to be specifically material success or specific goals you want to attain, although it can be. It can also be feelings you want to feel, landscapes you want to see, energies that you want to bring into your life, and post a picture and share it with us on Instagram. Thank you for journeying with us in Creating Well. If you're interested in supporting us, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash create well. Our Patreon followers will have exclusive access to monthly live Q&As, extra photo content, and giveaways. Thank you to our first patron executive producer, Susan Anderson Nelson. And this week's featured song is Speak by Gracie and Rachel. Sometimes I feel the matter lost for words